Today I want to go on, and, and I want you to look in your Bibles, please, to 1 Kings. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on review. I, I know you might get tired of review, but, you know, it's important because, and, and thank God Abe reviewed for us today. He reminded us of the subject that we're on. Amen? How many remember the scripture that I gave you at the first of the year, and I said, this is the scripture for the year? I'll give it to you. I will, I will review that, and I'm going to give it to you from the Amplified. And it's from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, that states, What eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made, and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him, and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed. We need to gratefully recognize the benefits that he's, amen, bestowed upon us. So I believe, God, I believe the best is yet to come. Best is yet to come. Now, this morning I was standing there, and, and this word came up in my heart, and, and it was the word feelings. And I want to I wanna admonish you and, and, and tell you, because... As, as human beings, we have what? Emotions and feelings. And God made us that way. God gave us different personalities. Some people are more sensitive. You know, my family's always saying I'm too sensitive. Well, aren't you glad you got a sensitive pastor instead of an insensitive pastor? We all have, we all have feelings, but what I, want, I believe what the Spirit of God wants us to know today, you can't govern or live your life by your feelings. You walk by faith, not by feelings. And there's some days I don't feel in the natural good. Any of you other people like that? You just, you know, some days I just don't feel happy. You know? But we're not to live our life by our feelings. And if you're given, if you're an individual that's given to, you know, one day you're up and one day you're down, one day you're up and one day you're down, then you're going to have, you might as well go to Worlds of Fun and get on a roller coaster because that's your life. This applies whether you're 13, 14, 7 years old or 78 years old. You're going to have feelings. Ron Elvin, did you ever have some days you didn't feel like going to the office? Sure. We all have to deal with that. We don't feel like going to work. I don't feel like going to church. Aren't you glad our Heavenly Father doesn't just live His existence by His feelings? <laughs> he made us that way. But, but don't let your feelings control you. Some of you this week, you know, you've been dealing with how you feel. And your emotions. And some days you're angry and you're upset. And some days, you know, all I hear about is, is cloudy. I'm waiting for the sun to come out. My wife would just probably smile. 
Pero oye, oh, it's so cloudy. It's so cloudy. It's cloudy. Dear God, it's cloudy. What is that? You're living your life by your feelings. God is still God whether it's cloudy or not. His word is still true whether it's cloudy or not. The sun will come out. Then we'll be griping and complaining, oh, it's so bright. It's too warm. We need, what's that sound? Reminds me, it's reminiscent of the Hebrew children when they were coming out of Egypt and they weren't getting enough water and things weren't going well and they were complaining and whining about the situation till finally God gave them what they wanted. So what I'm saying, bottom line, be thankful every day you wake up and you're breathing. You're right, Pastor. Can we go home now? Because that's probably what some of you needed to hear. We're talking about pursuing your purpose, going after. This story is one of my favorites. And this is about Elijah the prophet. And we're going to talk about Elisha the prophet. But I want you to see something as we go through here and look at the life of Elisha, how he pursued and went after the man of God. There's other examples in the Bible, but this is one of my favorite because being called to ministry years ago, I I got something out of this and I recognized something out of this. And make a long story short here, and uh, Elijah's coming to the end of his ministry. And guess what he was going by? His feelings. Remember that song? Some of you don't. And so God was very tender with Elijah and and began, he spoke to him not, you know, out of the wind or the earthquake or the fire, but a still small voice. He was hiding in a cave from, from Jezebel. And God gave him specific instructions. And he goes on and he tells him, it says in verse 15, And the Lord said to him in, in chapter 19, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria, and also you, also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. So, Elijah... And what kind of guy was Elijah? What do you think he was like? What type personality type do you think he was? <laughs> I think he was a type A. Amen. He, he was good at calling down what? There was fire. He, the Bible says he was a hairy man. You get older, you have hair. I know Micah just says, put your shirt on, Dad. Just put your shirt on. On the other hand, Elisha was a type of Christ. And he, was, he had compassion. And he was bald. You remember the young kids were making fun of him. And if you'll read, called him Baldy Baldy. Here comes old Baldy. So these guys are polar opposites in many respects. Elisha, he, he, he ministered to wealthy people and to kings. But on the other hand, he ministered to the poor. Who's that sound like? Yeah, our Jesus. And so he, he had compassion and he was very good about ministering to people. And, and he also performed how many more miracles than his mentor Elijah? 
twice as much. He had twice the anointing on his life. And so it's an interesting thing to look at. And so we're going to do that. I want to read to you from the Scripture in 1 Kings 19. Or let's, let's look at uh, verse 19. Let's start there. Elisha's name means God for salvation. And his mission to Israel was to reveal to the nation the God of salvation. Okay. And so in verse 19, it says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was, who was what? Plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with, he was with the 12th. And so in other words, he was, he had a hold of that 12th, you know, those two oxen, and he was guiding them and leading them. And it says, then Elisha passed by him and threw his what? Mantle or his garment or his coat, which represents the anointing, on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elisha and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again for what have I done to you? In other words, Elisha says, I don't care what you do. Go on, do what you need to. And so Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and what? Followed. That, remember, that's one of the, the definitions when we're talking about pursuing was following. He arose and followed Elijah and became his what? He became his servant. So I want to look today, we're going to look at the call here that Elisha received. And we'll kind of give you a little different, you know, definition of the call. But the first thing I want you to know, it was an unexpected call unexpected call. He wasn't, he was out doing what he does every day, just normal routine, working, and all of a sudden, God moved. (laughs) God can do that. When we least expect God to move, he can move. Matthew 22, 14 states, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. What's that mean? It means the chosen ones meet certain requirements. And that what, that's what we're going to look at this morning. Certain requirements that Elisha met concerning his call. Now, now listen, I want you to understand something. And this is, this has always, I've always liked this account in, in the Old Testament. Especially if you're called to a five-fold ministry office, but it just, just doesn't apply whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. If you're called, you're called. You're a chosen generation. Whatever you do, you're important to the body of Christ. You have a purpose. Okay? You have a purpose. And I, I let's see if I found, wrote that down. I said, once a believer discovers God's purpose is linked to his providential care, sets goals in line with his purpose, and is motivated by a strong passion to fulfill that divine purpose, he must pursue it. I said, God gives everyone a purpose for their life. Now listen, but not everyone will pray and receive their purpose and pursue it. 
Every one of us here has a calling. Every one of us here is, is important to the body of Christ. We have something to do. God's given us. But not everyone's going to take the time to seek God, discover their purpose, and then go after it. I said your attitude and character is paramount in fulfilling your purpose in life. That's what we're looking at Elijah today. Your attitude and character is paramount in fulfilling your purpose in life. Your attitude. So we're looking at Elisha's attitude here. All right. Elisha was found by Elijah. Guess what? He wasn't reading the Bible. He wasn't praying. He wasn't, you know, sacrificing. He wasn't doing anything spiritual. He was working in the field. Say working. What's this prove about Elisha? Now we're talking about pursuing your purpose. Some people recognize and go after it, seek after it, and pray and find out what it is and then go for it, while others don't. Elisha wasn't doing anything spiritual. He was working in the field. What's that prove? It proves he was responsible. He was a diligent worker. He wasn't seeking after a ministry, a title, or any recognition. Now, when I went to Rhema Bible Training Center, we went there. My wife worked. I had a job. But I'll never forget, there were a lot of students. They weren't working. How come? They were living by faith. What do you mean they're living by faith? Oh, I just believe somebody else is going to hand me some money to pay for my rent, buy the food that I need to feed my family. I'll never You know, countless number, I'd hear stories about people that weren't working and they were evicted from their apartments because they were living by faith. No, you know, pursuing the purpose of God for your life isn't all spiritual. There's things you got to do. It's called work. And granted, some people are never going to discover their purpose in life because they're lazy and they don't want to work. Oh, I better back up. I see some people's eyes are glaring at me. I always said this, and it's probably why we don't have a large church. If you don't want to work, you're not going to want to come to church here. We don't need freeloaders. We need people that are going to contribute to the body of Christ and and the vision of Harvest Church. That's why we have people work so hard for Tim Tebow. Yeah, a lot of people didn't want to work. They wanted to live by faith. The Bible says diligence is man's precious possession. The hand of the diligent will rule. The lazy man will not plow because of winter. He will beg during harvest and he will have nothing. So who did, who did the father, you know, allow Elijah to throw his, his mantle on? Somebody that worked. 
Boy, it's awful quiet here. It ain't all spiritual. The next thing, it was a powerful call. It was a powerful call. Elisha, he was a worker, but at the same time, he was spiritually astute. He was, he was discerning of what Elijah, the prophet of God, was doing. He knew what that mantle represented that the, uh, that the prophet threw on him. Elisha, he didn't say this to Elijah. I'm not done plowing. I'll talk to you later. Go, go sit down and get a number. I'm a busy man. He didn't say, you know what? This coat smells. Remember, he was a hairy man. They didn't have deodorant back then. I'll guarantee you, it stunk. And Elisha didn't say, oh, it smells. You know what? It, it doesn't fit very well. He didn't say, you know, if I'm going to follow you, man of God, how much am I going to get? What's my salary? Uh-uh. Why? Because inside Elisha, there was something there. And he knew, yes, there's a purpose for my life. Granted, I'm sure he was surprised. Probably a little overwhelmed. But the Bible says, when he threw that mantle on him, it says, he ran after Elijah. What's that say about him? He didn't stand there and just look at the ground. Once that mantle was on him, he was off chasing the man of God to get what he needed to get. Too many people today want everything handed to them. They want the road to be so easy. I don't, they don't want any obstructions in the road. They want, don't want any problems. I want it easy. They, it's the entitlement generation. Gimme, gimme. My name's Jimmy. It says he ran after the man of God. Elisha was aware that it was his time to pursue his divine purpose. Next thing, what kind of call was it? It was a pleasant call. It was an acceptable call. Nowhere does the scripture indicate that Elisha cried because of his ministry offer. Oh, no. <laughs> now, if I'd known when I was called and came to Norfolk, Nebraska, what would entail and what would come in the future, I would have sat down and I would have cried. I would have cried if I could have had a mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, what, what's going to happen to me in the days ahead, my family? What are we going to experience in the years to come? I would have cried. I might have said, I ain't going anywhere. I'm staying in Tulsa. That's the other thing about a lot of those Rhema people. Remember through the years, they never left. Never left 
the Holy Land, Tulsa, Oklahoma. We left. Why? Because in me, there was a passion to pursue what God had called me to do, and I was willing to do it, even to go somewhere where, well, we won't get into that. But it, the Bible says Elisha didn't cry because of his ministry offer. He had a good attitude about it. And you know what proves that he had a good attitude? It says Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. He gave it to the people and they ate. He had a party. There was a celebration. He was happy. The Bible says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. The Bible says, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Elisha was more than happy to pursue his call, his purpose in life. Now listen, I'll be honest with you. Aren't I always pretty honest with you? There are times, and I know you're going to be really shocked by this. There are times I've not always been happy being a pastor. And you know what? There's been times you've not always been happy being a sheep. Oh, pastor, I'm always happy. I don't think I want to pastor a church of Mr. Rogers. <laughs> We're not always happy. But we, we ultimately, when, com- when it comes down to it, I'd find myself not happy. And I, you know when you're not happy, what do you do? This is a test. This is one time I'm going to expect you to say something. When you're not happy, when you're not a happy person, what do you do? You complain. No hands. How many complained this week about something? Oh, it's cloudy. <laughs> Ultimately, though, I'd get a hold of myself. I still have to get a hold of myself. Even though I don't feel good, even though I might not, my thoughts are wild. No, I know none of you ever have wild thoughts. There's been times and through the years I just was going to pack my bag and go live in a van down by the river in another state. Don't, come on. You all have I thoughts and feelings. But that's where the rubber meets the road. You're going to find out if you've got what it takes to continue to pursue the things of God. I had to say, quit thinking that way. Quit your whining and complaining and move on. Her aunt was a, Kathy's aunt Edna, she, God bless her. You know, we'd sit down with her and we'd talk with her and she had physical, this is towards the end of her life, and she'd say, well, I'm just going to give myself a little talk. I'm going to talk to myself. And in other words, like David did, he had to build himself up in the Lord. And that's what you and I have to do when we don't feel like it, when, we, when things aren't going well and the sun isn't shining. 
Let's find out how, how, how serious you are about pursuing your Christian walk. Say, he's right. Yep. Next thing, and, and this is, you know, one of the most important. It was a call of servanthood. A call of servanthood. It said, then he arose and followed Elijah, and he became his servant. Servant in the Hebrew conveys this. It means yieldedness, servanthood, and obedience. Look at 2 Kings. Go over a few pages and look at 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm almost done. Call of servanthood. Elijah became the mentor, and Elisha became the pupil. And Elisha had a good attitude. You know what? He loved, genuinely loved the man of God, the prophet of God, Elijah. Second Kings, and this is I'm going to read this to you in, in, in chapter two because this is this is powerful. And you could there's so many many sermons you could get from this chapter. It says, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal, and Elijah uh, Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. What do you you think that is? That's a man that knows he's going to get what he wants. That's a man of God that that has a purpose and knows that he's got to stay close to the man of God if he's going to get that double anointing. Don't kid yourself. We'll get down here where he, where he requests that double anointing. Don't, don't kid yourself. Elisha at, point, at one point in his walk with God, being mentored by Elijah, wanted more. I'll never forget. I had a prophecy years ago when I was young, and the man of God called me up. And he says, you're hungry. and you know, you're, That's a powerful thing when you're hungry for the things of God. Elisha was hungry. And he wasn't going to leave him. He says, now, so they went down to Bethel. And says, the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? How'd they know that? They were prophets. And he said, yes, I know. Shut up. Or keep silent. I kind of like to believe he said shut up. But, you know, he was nicer than Elijah, remember. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. See, there's, there's significance in, in all three of these communities and, and then to the Jordan. And then the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you today? And he answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. Jordan, if you look up and study what the Jordan River represents, it's miracles. And but he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think Elisha was pursuing his his, uh, purpose? Sure he was. 
And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance. See, I don't care. Whenever you're going to pursue your, your passion for God's purpose in your life, there'll always be people standing on the riverbank saying, well, and you just need to say, shut up. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Wouldn't it be cool following somebody like that? Man, I I just love it, you know, sometimes when you got sheep not being what the way they should be, causing trouble. Well, I shouldn't say sheep, I mean goats or wolves. And you're 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 the you're serving a man of God like that, and he says, toast, boom, you're they're burned up. I mean, you're, that's really not the best way to build a church because people are not going to come from all four corners of the earth to a church where if you screw up, you're going to become toast. But, but the, man, the flesh wants it that way, you know, sometimes. And so it was when they'd crossed over and Elijah said to Elijah, Ask. Now, why could, why could Elijah, why did Elijah grant him that request to ask? Well, do you think Elijah, the mentor, realized this man really wants what I got? Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elijah said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked. Suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha what? Sought. And he cried out, my what? My father. That's, that's endearment. My father. My father. It says, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more and he took hold of his own clothes, tore them into two pieces. And he also took up the what? Mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. Wow. New set of clothes, folks. Went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Wow. As my sister would say, that gives me goosebumps. And Elisha had more than goosebumps. He had a double anointing. And he performed twice as many miracles. Did he get persecuted? Yeah. There's, they called him Baldy Baldy. Guess what he did? He cursed him. And all the bears came out and mauled him. That's Old Testament now. You know, as much as we spiritual leaders want to see that happening. No, we don't want to see that happen again. I, don't have, I can turn you over to God. <laughs> Amen. Let God deal with you. Now, I, I love that story because that's pursuing purpose. And he got what he wanted. In fact, it's denoted, you don't need to turn there, but in 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 14, it says, and uh, let me see if I'm in the right chapter here, or verse 11. 
But Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered, said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Meaning what? He served him. Elisha is remembered as Elijah's servant. Okay. So. Why was Elisha successful in pursuing his divine purpose? Number one, he was a diligent and responsible worker. Number two, he he was spiritually discerning of the call of God. He received the call of God. He welcomed it with the right heart's attitude. And there's nowhere that I see that he really complained. He served the man of God with a willing and obedient heart. And this is what I want you to see. And I'll end with this because this is good. As a result, his ministry was blessed. Twice as many miracles. Matthew 24, 45 states, Blessings on you if, if I return and find you faithfully doing your work. Faithfully doing your work. So... You know, tomorrow, guess what you need to do? Go to work. What's your attitude going to be? See, it all comes down to your attitude. It all comes down to my attitude. Let's stand to our feet this morning.